MySpace really did start as one of the main vehicles to get like a band out there. Yeah, hundred percent. Really was the launching pad for so many different artists. So you're 15 trying to hock your music. Yes. What? (laughs) We're talking about the MySpace tattoo. That's how this got started. Yeah, because you you have it behind your ear. And I was going to ask you if the face tattoo that you have in all the artwork was real. No, 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 no. no. That was just a joke. Yeah, but this is this one's real. Yeah, that one's real. (laughs) You have the MySpace logo behind your ear. So you're hawking these songs. What are these records about when you're 15? I mean, they were still like love songs. Well, actually, I wrote I wrote one song called um, "Wishful Thinking" that was about how I felt like my career, like I was bummed that my career wasn't taking off. But I was 15. <laughs> it was literally like it was me like whining about the. It's so sad. It was so lame. But that was like so. Basically, I went through that whole era because it was like the era of like you know Owl City on MySpace, Never Shout Never, like all that kind of uh, stuff. Dude, Never Shout Never. Like, Where is he at? I don't know. But I, miss I was him. such a fan. Like I literally idolized people like that. And like I don't know, Owl City's album "Maybe I'm Dreaming" was one. Is like I wrote a college essay about that album. That was before Fireflies. How many times do you have to listen to their album to be able to write a whole college essay on Dude, it? Dude, I listen to that album every single day, every single day of my life. And what do you learn from it? I mean, so he his lyrics were so like abstract, right? Like random images that had nothing to do with anything a lot of the time, but they felt romantic in this very fantasy way, which I think is sort of like the hopeless romantic inside of me like loved that so much because it was sort of like it wasn't really about like a real tangible love it was about like some type of love that was like dreamy and whimsical or whatever and i loved that um for whatever reason and then i also just studied his like his production like i just thought like adam was just such a producer genius um so i wrote an entire i can't remember exactly what that what the essay was about but it was one of my like what was it, the Common App for college? Yeah, yeah the Common App. You would the fill out one app. application. It would go to numerous different mm-hmm. colleges. Yeah. They'd have their own essay questions sometimes. Yeah. Dude, like this, because you graduated from NYU. Yeah. You went the whole way through. I did. One of the rare gems in the music industry, <laughs> he walked away with a degree. I mean, I figured I had to do it because I was already three quarters of the way through with college when I put out my first song, The Other. I was actually studying abroad in the Czech Republic at the time, which sounds so random, but it was amazing. And I actually, like, I shot my lyric video there and so on and so forth. And I got, like, um, like record labels started reaching out and, like, music publishers started reaching out. And I decided to sign a publishing deal um, at that time. But I was like, do I finish school? Do I not? But I was like, I got one more year left. And, like, all my best friends, like, I might as well just, like, Mm -hmm. enjoy it. And it's obviously, like, a really expensive school. And, like, I was fortunate enough to be able to go there. And get an education, so I didn't want to just throw it away and be like, "Nah, I'm not gonna finish," you know. So that record that you shoot the lyric video in the Czech Republic that gets you the publishing deal. Yeah. So before that, I was so basically it was my old it was the MySpace artist project that I had, which I won't name because it's I don't want people looking at it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, it's really sad though. Um, what was your name? What it was, was you? okay. I'll just whatever. Summer Salt Sunday. And a funny name for somebody who has a lisp to have so many S's. Summer Salt Sunday. But like the cadence is the same as like Never Shout Never. Exactly. You know, yeah. the rhythm is exactly. It's there. I don't even think about that. What's that name even mean? I have no idea. I okay, it sounds so corny, but when I was about to put out my first song with that, I was like, um what is it called? I guess it was just called video chat before it was before it was FaceTime. What was it? Like Skype, I guess. No, but it was just like 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 um iChat or whatever. Anyways, doesn't matter. Um, it's so irrelevant. I was like, I remember I was talking to my best friend, and I like remember I had this image of like these clouds. It sounds so corny, and it is so corny. And then the name Somersault Sunday. <laughs> and I was like, that's my that's my band name. 
Everybody would spell it wrong. They would spell it like the C's in the summer, but it was S-O-M-E-R-S-A-U-L-T. You know what I'm saying? Idiots. You know, we got it now. It's just gymnastics basics. By the way, like the, the more I think about it, the more deep it gets. It's like the summer is so bright and then salty is like a little bit of like rough around the edges. And okay. then like, what about Sunday, you're going, right? You're going way deep in there. Sunday's a, 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 a hard day of the week because it's a day where you don't have to do anything, but you're looking forward to having to do so much. True. So if I really break it down, it's kind of deep. That's, yeah, that's, I didn't, yeah, I didn't even think about it like that. That's, that's beautiful. Well, if you, you Wild know, deck. now you have a reason. That's crazy. <laughs> Somebody asked you. Yeah. Um, where do we start here? Because somebody who's so connected to MySpace, it, it it gives you a place to sell your music. It gives you an outlet. It gives you a place to connect with people. It gives you a place to learn from others. Yeah, you got the freaking logo behind your your ear. And I tried to get. I, I sent it to MySpace Tom on Instagram, but he didn't reply. What? No <laughs> do, you, reply. do you think he doesn't use Instagram out of protest because he's no, jealous? No, he uses it. Like I see, I see his like dope photos of like all these like vacations he's taking because he's obviously hella rich for MySpace. Doesn't have the time to reply to his boy who got a tattoo. <laughs> you're of, the only of his logo. You're the only person out there still repping MySpace. He should be respecting I you. I rep it so hard. I mean, honestly, those were my favorite days. Ba- I you, could just quit now. Do you think of those <laughs> no. days often? Like being younger and like sending out those for freaking sure, for sure. bulletin messages? I mean, those were the days that really paved like, you know, my identity in the sense that like, that like I would, I was fully obsessed. Like all I did, like I was straight edge in middle school and high school. Like I didn't want to drink or do drugs or anything. I was 0% interested and all I wanted to do was make music, book shows, beg friends to buy tickets to my shows. My sister drove us on tour once and we went... Because I was living in Pennsylvania at the time. We went all the way from, like, Pennsylvania over into, like, Tennessee. And then we went down south to, like, Georgia and Florida. And we would play, like, through MySpace. I would book these, like, birthday party shows and stuff like that. And I would show up with an acoustic guitar. And my friend would bring his cajon. And we'd play songs for, like... We were, like, 15. We were playing songs for somebody's, like, 15, whatever. Like, 15... <laughs> it's crazy. It's just crazy time. So that was basically kind of what inspired me, like... You know, especially me, me being an independent artist and not being signed to a major label. I think there was like that spirit of like having control and like doing things my own way and like wanted to kind of have that sense of my own identity, um, not tied to something major, I guess. Which, by the way, is a path that the Internet has to give you, because usually what you rely on a a label for is infrastructure and it's getting out there to the people. But the Internet puts that all at your fingertips. So if you have grind and you have hustle and relatives that are down to drive your underage ass, which same thing, you know, my parents are driving me to freaking red carpets and interviews when I was 15 and I booked over the Internet. That's so crazy. Same exact. uh, What was that like? uh, Weird, because I took every interview that somebody would give me and I did every different type of event and okay. some days my parents would drop me off at like a fancy red carpet and the other day they would drop me off at some random venue in Long Island called okay. the Crazy Donkey or it'd be it. some like random club in the Bronx okay it did like it was always different okay it was cool that's sick though but the internet man yeah which brings me to drugs in the internet <laughs> yes where do we start like one of the first lyrics here is you're recognizing the fact that you've given up so much for mm-hmm. a whole new life, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. What does the internet mean to you today? Oh, man. Um, well, so, I mean, what I can say is, like, I wrote the song when I was coming from a time where I was, um, I didn't really realize it yet, but I was um, I was depressed and um, and I was feeling really empty. And, like, I think, like, the only thing, the only things that, like, satisfied me at that time were things like drinking, like, drugs, nothing crazy, or... Um, 
like getting validation from people online like those are the only things that like made my brain like have any type of happiness or like relief from like anxiety in some weird way and so it was like i think it's really easy to become addicted to this whole like self the cycle of self-validation and becoming obsessed with like how you're going to present yourself and how like the most people are going to respond to a caption or, or to like your photo and it's so sad like when you actually talk about it it's so sad but at the same time it's so funny because if you think about it it's like what are we doing like what like what am i doing like you know and i think other people can relate to that um and I was just sort of like, I wrote the song kind of like making fun of myself, but it's also like it, it flew out of me like so fast. Like it was one of the first songs I wrote for the How I'm Feeling project. And it was just at a piano with my friends. And it was just like every lyric just like just like flew out. Um, it needed to happen. It needed to happen very much. It needed to happen for me. And it was just like such a big shift for me because it's like I... Had all you know, I met you when I was 18. It was all about like one girl, one relationship, and like that was like everything to me. But I sort of feel like you know my life has changed a lot, and it's like I'm not going to be stuck in that same place, and I, I'm not going to expect myself to be. There's okay. I want to dive in and start from the beginning because you mentioned you were in you were in a phase of your life. You were in yeah. a funk post all of this success, post mm -hmm. a world tour, yeah. post hit singles, post album sales. That like, dude, that kid hawking his music on MySpace. You dreamed of that moment. Yeah, you yeah, dreamed of all yeah, of that success. Yeah. But you, I don't think you expected what was happening after it. Yeah. Right? Definitely not. I mean, and I think for the longest time, I, because basically in my period of like really being in a funk, I was just essentially feeling guilty for every single thing that I did and, ha and you know, big or small and constantly finding ways to punish myself. And I would just wake up and be super anxious. And at the worst of it, I was just like literally glued to my bed all day like journaling about like whatever has happened in my life and like trying I don't know it was just it was it was really weird and I like I could I could do I couldn't even do as much as have a conversation with somebody because I felt like I immediately had to unload everything onto them because I'm that type of person but I didn't want to be unloading all this like weird stuff onto like every single person that I met so I was just isolating myself and talking to my parents and talking to my sisters and my best friends but um what i didn't realize for the longest time i was like i have to solve a problem like i was looking for a problem i was questioning every single thing in my life and being like maybe i should quit music maybe this is no longer my actual like i don't want to say destiny but like my my purpose in life because i was just like maybe i'm just not it's just not right anymore like maybe i just thought it was right maybe i was doing it for the wrong reasons and 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 i was trying to figure out you know how to fix myself and you know some of my friends well one of my best friends in particular um, was like you might just be depressed and I was like like what do you mean because it's like people throw that word around so much like being depressed and having anxiety I was like well yeah I'm sad but like what does that mean and and I talked to my parents and you know my dad is in his mid-20s became extremely 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 depressed you know and had to get on you know heavy medication and it was really hard for my parents relationship and being a little kid like I witnessed some of that um, and it was you know really hard because he was unable to be emotionally present in those times at all um, but I think, and you know, it runs in my family, like, you know, my sister, like there is stuff that happens and my, my parents were like, there's sometimes it's just chemical, like in your brain, like there is chemically the, the yeah. right stuff isn't happening. You don't have enough of the right, whatever neurotransmitters or, um, whatever the balance is. It's yeah. And when that's wrong for whatever reason, if it's genetic or if it's wrong because of things that have happened in your life or like, it's really hard to get perspective and to like pull yourself out because yeah your brain is constantly in this low state where you can't look at anything positively. No matter how good, you cannot look at anything positively. And all I could do at that point was try to escape it, you know, by drinking 
or by getting the high because it's like literally the internet like getting validation is literally like a dopamine you know it's a dopamine loop you know if you research it and it's like that was like the only thing that made me feel good and eventually i was like okay like i and i've been seeing a therapist i was like i need to go see a psychiatrist i saw a psychiatrist got on some medication and within a few weeks that and therapy like talking through everything i finally was like oh my god like what i was feeling before was just not rational like so far from rational and like i was like able to like all the music that i started to work on i was able to start finishing it because i was like I actually believe in it i don't feel numb to it and i was started writing a bunch more songs and i'm rambling here but yeah oh. it was this song needed to happen and um everything that's happened since has needed to happen so Hey, beautiful human, real quick. I want to tell you about Stitch Fix. I hate going shopping. I hate having to find things that match. Stitch Fix totally relieves that stress. They've taken it out of my life because they're my own online personal stylist. Yeah. A real human being somewhere is going to handpick clothes and accessories and shoes that are right for your body, your budget, and your lifestyle. And it's all online. You fill out a really easy survey. It took me like 60 seconds to do it. And then... They literally send you the clothes that they think are right for you. It's kind of cool. If you want in, stitchfix.com slash Zach Sang. That is stitchfix.com slash Zach Sang. They're going to send you a ton of stuff. You keep and pay for only what you love. And you send back the rest. By the way, always free shipping. Always free exchanges. And yeah, like returns. They're always free too. Stitch Fix, they know what they're doing. If you want 25% off when you keep all of your items in the box, go to stitchfix.com slash Zach Sang. That is stitchfix.com slash Zach Sang. It's a pretty cool online styling service. And remember, there's a real human being somewhere looking at your body, getting to know you, and picking out clothes just for you. Stitchfix.com slash Zach Sang. Okay, let's get back to this interview. Zach Sang Show. So you started creating music pre all of this and mm-hmm. then you revisit some of those records once you come out of it yeah and then but you mentioned something that you were journaling every day yeah how important was it for you to document your feelings and document what was going on in your head i think it was the only thing because well for me i've been diagnosed to be like ocd and um for me i think it was like i have these obsessive thoughts where like i just obsess about one thing over and 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 over over and over, obviously, I've said that on and times. It's kind of satisfying to keep saying. Um, and I, the only, like, one of the only things that would give me relief was to like kind of write these thoughts out to just kind of like, it was like kind of like itching something. It was like just felt good to like write it out. So that was kind of what I had to do at that time to give myself that sense of satisfaction. Do you look back at those notes when it comes? I haven't to looked cre- back at it because it, yeah, it was just such a weird time. I was in such a bad headspace. That was just. It honestly would probably bring me a lot of stress to look back at it. It's just like, it was just weird, so weird times. when you start writing out of this, is it, are you writing about going through it or are you writing about looking back at it? Do you get what I'm saying? Um, both, both. Yeah, I've been writing a lot of songs, some of which are written from the perspective that I, if I can like look back at the, in those memories and kind of the things that I wanted to say, or I started songs in that period of time that some of which are so delusional that I would just would never put out because they're just so like, so they're just not the way I actually feel, but there was some messed up version of me that felt a certain way. Um, but then I'm also writing songs that are just kind of like reflecting on the change, you know, between that period of time and now and how I feel. What does that music mean to you and to everything you've been through? Is it healing? Is it... Definitely. 
definitely like I found myself yesterday I was finishing some songs and then I wrote another song in between in like 20 minutes in between working on two other songs that was like what? not even something that I'm experiencing right now but it was something that I experienced in the past that I never wrote about and sometimes like that's really satisfying the same way it is satisfying or I guess not the same way but just as satisfying as it can be you know writing about currently being in love or whatever it is that you're experiencing at that time um so yeah so you're working on like uh, my math is rough but like four songs yesterday and then a- another song just appears to you but does that come out of nowhere or it came did- out, literally came out of nowhere i just picked up the guitar i played a melody and then i was just like like saying whatever just started it and yeah Sometimes it happens, but I have a lot of days where nothing happens at all, you know, where I just get no songs or, like, everything feels forced. So I think, like, I have to get myself into that space where I'm not thinking and I'm just, like, totally in the moment. And it all comes. Yeah. When it rains, it pours. Yeah. And you have four songs to work on in a day. Yeah. yeah. Is that Crazy. fun to you? To so move? fun. So fun. I mean, it's my the way I'm writing right now is so much more... I, I don't want to say this in like an ego way, but like prolific in the sense that just writing so many more songs so, so much faster than any other time in my life. Um, because I think I'm able to be level headed in, in my headspace and I'm able to, I'm able to feel a lot of happy emotions. Like I've been really, I've been up and down, but I've, I've had a lot of really, really happy days, weeks recently where I'm able to write about, write from a perspective, perspective that I've never been able to write from before. Cause I, I like, even I like me better. I wrote that looking back on a relationship that I'd already gotten out of. You know, I didn't write that while I was falling in love. I wrote that after we'd broken up. So, like, now it's like I can write things that I'm feeling right now and that that are happy and they're positive. So it's cool. Which is why you want to just release songs as they're coming. Yeah. So I want to do that, you know, put out the How I'm Feeling album piece by piece, you know, song by song by song. And then eventually a bunch more songs. Um, Because, one, I had kind of sort of promised that I was working on my album last year. And I was, but I was, again, like in such a bad headspace that it was just not productive. So I was like, I don't want to wait a whole nother, however long. Yeah. I want to just start putting the songs out now. And especially because I'm writing so many, I want to make sure I put them out while they still feel relevant to me. Well, so. It's healthy for you, but it's also what the audience demands. It's fun. It's and, really fun. I mean, I, I've seen with Ariana, right? Like mm-hmm. the fact that she did two albums in a span of five months. That's just totally next level. Like, I don't know how somebody does that. She's the queen. Like, it's crazy. But when you feel it, though, and when, when it's so reflective of your current reality, yeah. it feels weird to wait eight know, months or a year because it's no. like you're looking back at this portion of your life that you've you've grown from i know it's almost just like posting a photo from like whatever it's a tbt yeah it's like you don't want to release music as a tbt you want to release it as like like the same way you would post a photo today where you're like this this is my day you know i think that's kind of like the world we live in now that's my space bro that's That's, the internet it's my space honestly it is though (laughs) that was how my space was post the bulletin exactly (laughs) let them know exactly Okay, so you write drugs in the internet with John Bellion and Michael Pollock. Mm-hmm. I mean, Michael Pollock has been your person. Yeah, he's been one of my one of my best friends for a long time. Did he do your first record with you? Because he he's from New York too, right? Him, yeah. He um, we met in New York, but he was going to school at Vanderbilt. It was him and then Michael Matasic are my two guys. Those are like my guys. Like Michaels. We write, yeah, the two Michaels. They're my best friends, and and we write so many songs together. I wrote I like me better with Matasic, um, uh, just me and him. And yeah, I mean, all three of us read a bunch, um, but yeah, so it was us and, and, and Bellion came on, came in on the production and that was super sick because 
I've been a fan for, of Belion for a long time. Like before I put out my first music, like I, I looked up to him and I would like listen to all this stuff. And I was like, I want to do the kind of thing he does being a songwriter, producer, singer, you know? And um, Pollock had actually written something else with Belion and I was kind of secretly jealous. And <laughs> I hadn't actually met him yet. And he, a few days ago, had been like, before that, had asked me for the stems to drugs in the internet, just like, you know, like the vocals and the rough production I'd started working on. And I was like, cool, whatever. And he'd been trying to get some producers to work on it. And then me and him were chilling one night. And this is in the middle of me being like in kind of like that weird, funky stage. Um, and he gets a, a FaceTime from Belion. And he, he, picks, he picks it up. And I guess he's assuming it's going to be about something else. And I'm just kind of chilling there. And he walks to the other room and he comes back. And it's Belion freaking out about drugs on the internet. And I was like, wait, how did he get this song? Like, how did he get it? And he freaked out. Uh, Pollock put me on the phone with him. And he was like, bro, it would be such an honor to work on this song. And I was like, I didn't even know what to say. Because it's like, what do you mean it's an, o- like, it's an honor to ha- Like, no, that's crazy. Um, so, yeah, then he, he, he did his thing on it. And I couldn't be more excited. I mean, he killed it. He killed it. It's stellar. Thank like, you. Like, it lacks all flaws. It, oh, thank you. Really a phenomenal record. Is it comforting in that moment to know that you're sharing such a personal story with somebody who you respect? Because yeah. a producer's job yeah. is a heavy job. He yeah. can either throw the record yeah. or really heighten and brighten the story. Well, you know what? I think we've had some conversations since, and I think he's experienced a lot of the same emotions, you know? Um, and I think, you know, we could really relate on the level of, I don't know, like so much of the artist journey and I think really people journey, like people's journey too, like, you know, like everybody who uses Instagram and whatever is like spending all this time thinking about how you're going to present yourself or like, you know what I mean? Like, I I don't know if you do that at all, but Uh, yeah, it's like you think so much about like something so trivial, but like a lot of people do. And I think, you know, he got exhausted by that whole thing as well. I mean, I don't want to speak for him, but yeah, we definitely related on it. So, and I don't want to base my actions on reactions or the things they say, and I don't want to hit delete on all the parts of me they might hate. So now I'm laying in bed and I can't get out of my head. It's all because, and then it continues. Yeah. I know that was beautiful reading. No, that was great. But it's, the, this is so accurate to your life, man. Yeah. It's yeah. accurate to what you just said. It's yeah. accurate to everything we've been talking about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I went through this time where I like felt like I was sort of penned in to be this like hopeless romantic boy where it was all love, all love, all sad, heartbreak, blah, blah, blah. Like people call me like heartbreak king. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Like I've, <laughs> like, I've never, no one's ever even actually broken my heart. Um, so, yeah, but um, I sort of felt very pendant to be like this cute this or like whatever. And that was also part of the reason I decided to cut my hair because I was like, I'm so exhausted of like trying to be this one thing when really I grew up as like the goofy kid who was like super weird. Like like my way of fitting in because I moved around a lot was to be the weirdo clown kid who just like I would impersonate weird voices and like do all. I was never, I was never like the like that cute boy. So the I just swabs. like no, like it's just not. And I think I honestly got caught up in like trying to present myself a certain way that I sort of got boxed into. And I was like, I don't want, like I don't want to, like base what I do on the way that people might respond to it. You know what I mean? Like that's just not. That's like you're literally altering your identity for the acceptance of other people. Which is not, it's just so not cool. Like it's, it's, and it's easy to do. It's really easy to do because you can fake whatever version of yourself, you know? Society made a mold. They created this whole idea of you based mm-hmm. on the records that you put out there. Mm-hmm. When the reality was you were somebody totally different. Yeah. 
were there people in your life forcing you in that direction or trying no, to squeeze no, no, no. you into a mold? And the thing is, like, I it's not that I was totally a different person, but it's more so, like, I was really playing up one aspect of my personality only, you know? Mm. Like, I have always, I have always been, like, a romantic person and, like, I, you know, I've always, like, the music I put out was very, like, accurate to the person that I was at that time, but I think I was afraid to let in any of my, like, actual weirdness, yeah, you know, I didn't want to be like a weirdo because I was like, people aren't going to like that. And I'm like, I don't know. And then slowly but surely, I'm like, oh, wow, like people really like when I do this or they like when I do that. Or, oh, my God. They like you, you know? for you. And it's like, what? They like you for you. They like you for your painted fingernails. And I your... don't know. No, they I do. don't know. I mean, I, yeah, who knows? But um, I, I'm just going to do it regardless because that's the only way that I'm going to be able to like be happy with myself. So it's by being yourself. Yeah. Is that why you made a second Instagram account? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. I made not loud. So I could just stop posting. And the thing is, I still post the same stuff. But like, I I guess I really need attention because I literally, I make these like dumb videos that don't even make sense. Like, do you guys watch Tim and Eric? Yes. It's like, that's my sense of humor. And I do like that, like that kind of vibe on my alternate. So Instagram just uncomfortable. Account. It's so uncomfortable. It, it really is. It's so uncomfortable. Do you, I was going to say, do you plan those videos or is no, that no, just no, no, come no. to you? I usually just like, if I'm in the mood, I just pick up my camera and I just like go. And sometimes they work and sometimes they really don't work. And sometimes I still post the ones that really don't work. Um, yeah. Because they're the ones who, that really work. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't even know. Yeah. I, sometimes I can't even tell. But yeah, it's fun. It's really fun. But there's this quest of just being a hundred percent you. Mm -hmm. So, at what point does not loud become well, loud? No, I thought about that, but I think at the same time, you know, it's like people are there to hear my music, and I think like if I distract with like all of this really avant-garde humor that nobody gets they start to be like okay like i didn't come here for this which i get i respect you know I, I, I once read in like this this like justin timberlake book i forget if it was like an autobiography or what but he talks about he's like i'm interested in connecting with the audience not going up there like andy kaufman style and like alienating them and making them feel super weird just because mm. like i'm here to make that because that's a beautiful feeling is when humans connect so like I was like, oh, you know what? That's cool. Like, there can be a balance where, like, I do what I know people will connect with me for. And then I can also get all my weirdness out sometimes, you know, on my main Instagram. This is, sounds like such a niche, like, topic. Or sometimes, you know, on my other Instagram. <laughs> well, you're a student of music, though. The fact that you, you, you were able to quote a Justin Timberlake autobiography or whatever it was. My aunt just got me the book once and I just read it. I'm not even that. Like, I don't read. I barely read. I never read. Was that the last book you read? Probably, actually, yeah. And it was a lot of photos, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This record, Drugs in the Internet, what lyric starts it? Uh, the first, the, Another Life, Another Story, she walked out, said I was boring. Um, yeah, that, that, that started it. And that's honestly like a fantasy story. That was just like fantasy, like, like, I don't know. Like, you know, you also go through the phase of like empty hookups and stuff and like all these things to try to make you feel like whole when none of that ever makes you feel whole ever but you think it does you think you think it does, yeah you think it'd be a distraction but like someone like me like i actually like I, you know it's like i don't even actually enjoy it and you know and so i'm like way beyond that in my life way beyond that but yeah. but did it take you a moment to get there yeah for sure yeah you, you know? want something more in a relationship yeah 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 and now i'm like really happy in, in a relationship and really in love so I'm happy. are you yes cool so, yeah yeah Thank love you. is love. Yeah. Um, but this album, how much are we done? And when are we going to get the next crop Ooh, of songs? Um, well, uh, because, yeah, um, 
I probably have about 40 songs right now that I'm choosing from. I mean, they're not all, obviously not all going to make the album, and I'm trying to figure out which ones like fit together, but I'm still writing more and more every day. So um, I can't say exactly like, you know, when the whole thing is coming, but I'm going to be releasing song after song after song throughout this year. So there's going to be a much like steadier flow. Um, and like, what is yeah. the timeline between the life lived and the song being released? Some, I mean, some of them are going to be super, super immediate. Like, I just wrote a song about my favorite bar, and I want to. I'm like, maybe I'll put that song out next. I don't know. <laughs> Where's your favorite bar? It's called El Tejano. Is that here? It's in North Hollywood. Yeah, I'm about to blow up the spot in El Tejano. <laughs> um, it's just like a super non LA bar. It's the best. It's like. You can get margaritas the size of your head. Dude, it's like a Mexican restaurant with, like, they have good chips. And they have cornhole, and, yeah. like, it's just fun. It's not, like, anything stuffy. It's so chill. And it's a good price. It's, yeah, it's amazing. I like it. Yeah. It's a good bar. So yeah. You wrote a song about it. Exactly. I'm hoping I'll get free margaritas for life. You deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> I hope for you. Yeah, and then I'll you. come with you. Yeah, let's go. Um, okay, so you want to release that song. Yeah. But, like, Drugs in the Internet, when was this song done? That song, well, so I originally wrote it um, some point mid last summer, but then I sat on it for ever. I didn't work on it at all. I always loved it, but I was like, I don't have the energy to finish a song. I don't believe in myself. Like, I don't, I don't know. And then about February, I think, I started to kick up again. And, and that was when I started to feel better, like January, February. And that's like everything just started happening. Just finished it, got on with Bellion, like did this, like worked on the production, shot the music video, shot the vertical video, shot the acoustic Whoa. video, like all this stuff. And um, yeah. Did you add lyrics? Did you change anything from no, February to midsummer? None of the lyrics were changed. I recorded the real strings recently. That was fun. Cool. Because there's like some real live strings. Not that anybody really cares, but. I do. I think there's okay. a shortage of live instruments Let's in music go. today. Thank you. It's really sick. Thank you. Pisses me off. <laughs> really. Congratulations. You just got a house. Oh, thank you. It's a big deal. Thank you. Yeah, it's crazy. I did not ever, you know, that's such a blessing. Like, I would not ever expect that to happen, uh, being 24. <laughs> so, it's crazy. And it has a studio in it, so I'm really excited about that. Can't be I don't ever have to leave. No. All I got to do is just make music in the house. That could be, that's like a blessing and a curse. Yeah. You know, weeks I guess go so. by. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I, I, I mean, I have to leave. I'm not that type of person. I can't just, like, sit in the room. I have to go. Plus, I have my dog, so I have to walk him. So uh, That's the reason. And Billy. El Tejano. And El Tejano, exactly. What you, are you thinking? You posted earlier about people missing the old Lelf. I knew uh, you'd bring this up, Daniel. Yes. Of course. What is the old Lelf? I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of people miss my old hair. I see a lot of comments that are like, bring your guac curls back, because I one time called them guac curls. <laughs> Because I don't even know. I don't remember why, but I think it was like they looked like they could scoop guac or something. Um, and and I think, you know, like people are like, I think they expect like all these like hopeless romantic songs. And that's it. Yeah. And I'm like, you, that stuff's still there. You can go listen to it. But I'm going to do my thing. You know, like I, I owe that to myself and the world to not be a repeat version of myself that I'm no longer. You know, but but that's not life, right? Like, yeah. Life isn't life doesn't work like that. No, you evolve, you change, you grow. Yeah. So. This moment to the beginning of your journey, what's the biggest change you've noticed in yourself? Mm, I think I think I've actually started to gain actual confidence and like from a grounded place. Like I used to feel like confidence meant egotistical or like what's the word for it? Like was like that confidence was always overbearing, but I think finally after going through all this stuff, I was like I can actually own the things that I really feel and not be afraid to do that. I mean, I'm still not super, super confident, but 
I finally feel like I've kind of gotten a grasp of that. You know, I think that was one of the most important things is, and to be able to like have the confidence to be myself fully. Cause I think way before, I mean, before I started releasing music as loud and I was trying to be a songwriter, I would sit in my bed and conceptualize everything for hours. Like I would write out all these ideas, like how I would spend all of this time being like, how do I want to like tease this song is going to come out? How do I want to like make this art? And it was so contrived and so, because I was so scared of just doing what I actually wanted to do that I thought that I had to calculate it so much. And, you know, luckily I still had some success, you know, people, people like connected with the music and so on and so forth. But now I feel way more comfortable just doing my, doing my thing like kind of on the fly and just being like, this is what I feel like doing. This is what we're going to do. And I think that's, that's, I feel super grateful for that. And that's special. Yeah. That's special for you, but I also think it's special for the people who really love your music and love you for the music you've made, not based on who you were then, but for the quality of the records you've put out there. And that love the stories you're telling. You want the stories to be real and you want them to be authentic. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really, I'm pumped for this album and I'm pumped for this entire new chapter. Thank you. It's really special stuff, dude. I'm super stoked. This this album, you're... you consider this your debut album? Yeah, yeah. I would say that. Just because I met you when I was 18 was so scattered and over such a long period of time. But didn't so, you kind of say this album's going to be over a long period of time? Not but not as long. You, I mean, yeah. It's it's still going to be like... Um, the, the big difference was like, I met you when I was 18. Bef- like half the songs were already out before I even called it I met you when I was 18. Then I just reformatted it and was like, now it's I met you when I was 18 and here's some more songs. This one is like Drugs and Internet is the first song and the rest of it's going to come you know, throughout this year. Okay. Um, so, yeah. I don't even know. I mean, I can call it whatever. Debut album, you know, t- the, whatever it's called doesn't really matter that much to me. Of course, my managers love the concept of saying debut album so that press will pick it up. <laughs> but, well, it worked. Yeah, but like, I'm I'm just like, here's my music now. Here this <laughs> song is. You like songs? <laughs> That's the commercial. I got a couple tunas for you. <laughs> It's Tim and Eric. Let's go. It's so Tim and Eric. Are you doing your visuals? You take lead on all that? Um, yeah, I, I work. I work um, also with uh, a really brilliant team uh, that I've been really fortunate to find. Um, uh, They're yeah, sick. two people who are who are really incredible: Joe Perez and Jenna Marsh, who are really, really, really incredible. So um, I spend you know time with them, kind of conceptualizing things. The pink, your outfits, it's beautiful. Oh, thank you. The paint, thank the you. '90s vibe. With it. But you're yeah, still that, sticking with blue. Yeah, I mean, always. I mean, there's always going to be uh, blue is my favorite color. It's always going to be like a big part of my thing. But um, yeah, that video was so fun to shoot. By the way, the drugs and internet video was so fun to shoot. How does that like? Are you? How are you on set? Like, do you just get lost in the role you have to play, or are you there making sure that like if you need to well, change things? Like, what? What? what is I it? was very uh, because I really trust Jenna who directed it. Like, I trust her so much. Um, I could tell that everything was under control, and I saw some of the shots, and I was like, this is brilliant. Like, it's great. Um, so I kind of just was like, I'm going to, you know, do my thing. And it was really like a... I had no idea how it was going to go going in, but I felt really confident at the end of it. I was like, wow, I really felt like I... I think it's just because the song is so authentic to me, you know? Like, I, what I, that's the other thing I've realized through all this time is I can tell, like, certain of my songs even the way I perform them or the way, you know, it's like when they're not as authentic to you, it's just not the same. And it just, you can't be the same. You can't have as much soul in your, in the way you move and the way you do anything. So like, it feels really good that all these new songs I'm working on, like when I'm working in the studio, I can already imagine the way I'll be in the music video. I can imagine the way I'll be on stage. Like they feel so 
just like this is actually me you know like this is really actually me so it's not a role no not a role so i'm gonna say you can everything everything in life is a role but in the music video you kind of (laughs) have kind of have like the i'm the real slim shady music video like angle you know what i'm talking about with like that fisheye over top oh so fun was it yeah it looks so cool oh yeah thank you sorry i'm just like clicking through it no you're good (laughs) and i was watching it i was like we should talk about the hairless cats no i'm just kidding (laughs) those are tight though they look really scary, like yeah. naked mole rat type deals. They're cute though, and they were sweet. They're we have to bathe them a lot. Would you own really? one? Really? Yeah. I don't know if I would own one. Maybe I, I definitely want a cat. I mean, I'm handling Billy right now, and that's a lot because he's just like he's like five months old and crazy. Oh, he's a puppy. He's a puppy, and he's a little Pomeranian, so he, he's uh, got a lot of energy. I really want a dog, but I'm having this this one. moral conflict of adopting a dog and buying yes, a dog. Yes, 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 yes. I think that's a very valid conflict. I mean, I definitely had that. I did end up, you know, I'm not going to front. I did not end up, you know, buying Ugh. Billy and not adopting. And I definitely, you know, it's like, of course, the better thing is to adopt. So but I have no excuse. The way I look at it is that all dogs need homes. That's true. You know? That's true. Like what? The poor dogs that are, that they don't choose to be born into a breeder. That's true. You know? That's also really true. And at the end of the day, you do have to, like, if there's a reason you want to buy a dog, like, because you're obsessed with a certain breed. Yes. I feel like you also really can't knock that because, like, at the end of the day, like, what's going to give the dog the best life is doing something that makes you the happiest. You know what I mean? So, like, if you're making a decision you feel really happy about, you're going to take amazing care of that dog. And that's not an excuse not to adopt, but, no, but if you feel very passionately that you need a certain breed, like, maybe don't buy 100, maybe buy one and then adopt a couple dogs. That's it. It's going to come through balance. in my love and care for them. Let's go. And that's what I've been saying in yeah. my own head. If yeah. I buy a dog, next one I'll adopt. Yeah, there you go. That's, yeah. Okay. Beautiful. I'll send you a photo of the dog. Yes. Final thoughts? No, I'm just... Clicking around is did a solely actually inspire the hair? Or did you notice no, no, that no, afterwards? No. That was I noticed that afterwards. I definitely noticed that afterwards. It yeah. does look like solely. Yeah. Monsters Inc. Oh man. Don't best. leave it out, you know? No. They need no. a song or a guest appearance. That would be sick. Speak it. You know what? Oh. I did want to compliment you on your chest hair. Oh, thank you. You rock it. Thank you. You have great chest I, hair. When I was younger, I shaved it a couple times. That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> that was so weird. But did you shave it because you were ashamed of it? Yeah, I was like, I was like, maybe I would be cuter with hairless, hairless, but it felt so wrong. <laughs> also trying to, this is going to sound gross, but like trying to shave around your nipples, that's, it's dangerous territory. <laughs> that's dangerous territory. Yeah. On, on that note, don't shave around your nipples. Yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Love everybody. <laughs> oh, he also did a song with Troy's mom. Oh yes. yeah, 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 yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. I'm go, so tired. Go stream I'm So Tired and Drugs on the Internet. <laughs> Bye. This podcast is part of the Zach Sang Show Podcast Network.